0: I wanna say thank you. I gotta gotta say that you've been good, and I wanna wanna say that you have been so kind, and I gotta gotta say that you. And you let me see a brand new day, and you never let me go astray, and I gotta, gotta say that I thank you for my family, and I thank you, Lord, for keeping me, and I thank you, Lord, for bringing me through, and I thank you for my home, too. And I thank you, Lord, for keeping me. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I gotta, gotta say, I wanna say, please just let me say thank you. And I appreciate all that you do. And I just wanna say thank you.
1: Test, testing, 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 testing one, two, three, testing, test there it is. Thank you, Arlivia. I don't see where you went because I was looking at there you go. Thank you for that. We appreciate that greatly and I must I was very moved by that song. Some of you know, well before I say that, when the invitation came to do this I was in the process of cutting everything back because of recent events in my life and with my recent illness it was suggested that I did not have the strength to do a full week of prayer and my confidence in and of itself was shaken. I must admit, and I wondered whether I did or not myself, and I did a bad thing. I didn't tell Connie that I was doing it. That was bad, especially when Pastor Russ saw her and said, we're so glad your husband's going to be here with us for a full week. I loved him so much at that moment, but I hadn't shared with him my challenge. And the look on her face was priceless. Oh boy, <laughs> she didn't even care that he was still there. <laughs> Usually, we do these things in private, but she uh, she admonished me publicly. <laughs> I was embarrassed. So you're doing a week of prayer, huh? A full week. I said. Uh, yeah. And you were planning on telling me this when? When I got on the plane to leave. (laughs) That was bad. And I understand her concern. And I'll say a little bit more about that perhaps later in this experience. But your song reminded me of just how much we have to be thankful for I've discovered recently that every day is not promised to you I was sailing along there and then we hit a significant bump in the road where I had to make some very difficult decisions in regard to my well not really my future the future of my wife and my son things that I was not maybe am not prepared to deal with and I've learned not to take anything for granted every morning that I am now able to open my eyes and they're actually open. And I see my cat at the foot of the bed where he sleeps every night. I know that I made it. One more day. And it just makes me want to say, i leave you, thank you. When I see Connie, either literally or figuratively, since I'm away from her and I have to see her through the phone, vicariously as her picture pops up when she calls, but when I see her and I know that we're still together, makes me say thank you. When my son says or does something from near or from far that 15 year olds do, (laughs) and I know that I'm still there to admonish him makes me say thank you, and to have the incredible opportunity, even in the midst of the illness, to talk about my Lord and my God, that he would still pick me, as weak as I am right now, to say a word or two for him. I'm just grateful. And I just want to say thank you. And this experience that we are going to share tonight, Lord, it's just my testimony to you. And everything that I say, everything that I do tonight, it's just an expression of my gratitude to my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me again as was read so eloquently earlier, the book of Mark. I'd wanted to preach on something else tonight, but the Lord impressed me strongly as I was driving down the road and the rain was coming down so hard that I had to pull off of 515 So I could no longer see as others pulled over as well the Lord impressed me that this is what I should talk about so if you'll indulge me mark 4 35 to 39 new King James on the same day when evening had come he said to them let us cross over to the other side Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, even as he was. And other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Or as it says in King James, master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39 reads, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I want you to pray with me as we talk on the next couple of moments on what we're going to call Master Caris Thou Not. Let's pray. Jesus, I dedicate it to you. Thank you. Please let everything that's said, everything that's done reach those that you intend. May it reach even me. May our expression of worship bring a smile to you tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. We get busy in life. There are a lot of things that can go on that can distract you. I travel a great deal for my work with this conference because it's a vast territory. And one time I was so busy that I forgot where I was. I went to the hotel where I was staying, stuck my key in the door, and I could not remember it being one of those outside hotels. I I said, "I, I don't usually check into places like this, but okay. And I carried two heavy suitcases up three flights of stairs. I said, there ain't even no elevator here. And I'm sticking my key in there. And I'm kicking the door. I'm getting mad. And then just when my frustration was boiling over, I looked across the street, and there was a sign with the name of my hotel on it. I thank God that nobody answered that door in that hotel. And I just asked him for the strength to take my two heavy suitcases back down three flights of stairs. And I called my wife, and she said, David, all you did was go to Taco Bell. After you checked in, you forgot where you were? Yeah. I said, where exactly am I, Connie? And she told me, I said, oh. Sometimes in life, we can get really, really, really busy. Life has a way of beating you down. And Jesus had had that experience. He tells us that we need to come aside every now and then, but this was his opportunity. He had been healing all day. giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving giving some more. Those of you that are women, you understand this. You give to your children. You give to your husband, and sometimes he's just like one of the children. You give to everybody, and every now and then, you need a little M-E time, me time, where you can just get away from it all. Jesus had that experience. He told everybody, I'll see you later. He told his boys, let us get in this boat and go over to the other side because I need some time for me. I need a little time with Jesus, he said. And the Bible says that he laid down on the boat put his head on the pillow in the stern of the ship and was out. Now, I believe that I am created in the likeness of Jesus. So I believe that Jesus snores. Hallelujah. Because I snore. And I believe Jesus had that good sleep going on. You know the kind of sleep I'm talking about. That kind of sleep that you don't want nobody to touch you, bother you. The kind of sleep when you, 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 your stuff coming out your mouth. I mean that good sleep. When you wake up, you feel like you slept for 10 years. Jesus was entering into that kind of sleep. He was O-U-T, out. Because they tell me boat rides feel a little better. Boat rides can do that thing to you. Now I don't like them myself, because it has that whole water thing, and I do not have the ability to swim. So I told Jesus, when I go to heaven, you can give me that ability. But as for me and my house, we will not get in water on earth. Hallelujah. Because none of the three of us can swim, and my cat don't like the water either. But Jesus was on that boat, and it was rocking him to sleep. I better not do that too much it might happen for real and he was out and everything seemed so right the disciples were agreeing on something on the boat there were even other little ships that were following Everybody was singing Oh Happy Day because it was a perfect day. You ever had a perfect day? Day when everything goes right? Day when you make all the lights when you're driving and you don't even have to stop? I mean a good day. When you're late, stop right here, David. We left for my flight here way too late yesterday. And I'm saying, Jesus, I'm stressed. And I'm saying, Lord, 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 I get to the airport. They had mechanical difficulties on my plane. I had, they were going to board five minutes. I'm at security. They talking about mechanical difficulties. We not boarding for another half hour. That's the kind of perfect day that I'm talking about. Even your mistakes turn out good. It was a perfect day. Jesus, sleep. His boys, not arguing, everybody thinking about everything positive that has gone on, but you know and I know that just when things, come on David, just when things are seemingly at their best, there's a saying, into every life a little rain must fall. And I can just imagine they all. Joy in the moment, doop. man. Why you spitting on me? You know you spit when you talk. I ain't even say nothing this time. What you talking about, man? Doop, doop. What's going on? What's going on? Doop, doop, doop. And then in my imagination. Stuff started happening like was happening to me on 515 today. The sky opened up and it was like buckets of water began to fall on them. The winds were blowing the waves so high that when the waves crashed down on them, they didn't know which end was up, down, east, west, or nothing. And they were experienced. Come on, David. Come on, David. They were experienced in this thing. So they thought that if we just row harder, our navigational skills, our fisherman skills can enable us to be successful just like we do when the rains begin to fall. If I just have my credit right, if I just have enough money, if I just do this and do that, then I know I can make it through. But every now and then, slow down, David, slow down. You're not that well. Every now and then, life has a way of showing you that you can't do it on your own. And the more they tried. The worse the situation got. Can you just imagine? Now, I I know there ain't that much water here, but just imagine you in the middle of water, okay? And water is coming from the rain. Waves are beating you, and you in the middle of this thing, and there ain't nowhere to go. Because if you go in the water, bloop, you're done. You stay in the boat, bloop. You're done. There is nothing you can do. You are helpless. Completely helpless. And every now and then, God has to knock us on our back just to show us that there is nothing that we can do. That's my ringtone, too. I paused, I was like, wait a minute, is that Connie? Don't she know what I'm doing now? (laughs) <laughs> I was like, no, that ain't me. Maybe she calling you. Tell her I said hi. <laughs> and I miss her. They looked around. Finally, somebody said, yo, man, I wonder what Jesus is doing. But I told you, Jesus had his sleep going on. You know that good sleep? When you're snoring and you got the stuff coming out, soaking wet. But Jesus could sleep through the storm. Mm -hmm. Come back to that later, David. Jesus was asleep in the middle of their storm. Have you ever had Jesus to be asleep in the middle of your storm? You ever looked around for him. And just when the lightning flash, you look and you see him, but he's seemingly knocked out. not a care in the world. Then you understand the angst that his disciples felt. And in my imagination, maybe you see it differently, but in my imagination, I do not see them, Pastor Russ, going over to him saying, Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. I don't see him going over there in the midst of the storm doing that. In my imagination, I see them brothers rolling up on him. Jesus, or as the Bible, King James Version says, Master, and I don't think it was no gentle. I think they shook the brother. Master, King James vernacular, carest thou not? That we perish. You sleeping on the job, Jesus. I have trusted you. We have invested, all 12 of us, our life in you. Master, carest thou not that we perish. And I'd like to suggest to you today that there are days when we say the same thing to him. When there's more month left than check, and you don't have enough money to make ends meet. They don't even touch. It's so bad. You And then people get up and want to collect offering and play nice ritzy tunes so you can give that little bit you don't have and put that in there too. And they tell you, windows will open up and you'll be blessed. Master, carest thou not? Do you know Nevada? How we're struggling educationally. We're struggling as far as unemployment. We make the, we either number one or number 50, depending on how you look at every statistic. Master, carest thou not that we perish. My telephone ring and it's nobody calling to see how I'm doing. It's unknown unavailable, private number, block call. It's one of them jokers. And when I see it, I say, this must be for Jesus because he said he would take care of it. Master, carest thou not that I perish? My son, my daughter says to me, I'm bored with church. I can't wait till I turn 18 because I ain't coming back to that Boring old fogey church. All you do. All of you a bunch of hypocrites. Anyway. You say one thing one day. But we hear everything you say at home. Master. Carest thou not. That we perish. Because it seems as though. Jesus. Is asleep on the job. My wife. At the end of this year, end of the school year past, was told, thanks but no thanks. Had a good year with you. Finally got into public school system teaching. Your last day of school is your last day of school. Had the farewell party for? We went to Pathfinder Camporee. Didn't know how nothing was going to turn out. I noticed, come on, David, that I wasn't feeling like myself i already knew that i was a little sick okay i was a lot sick but i didn't know the extent pathfinder camporee came some of y'all were there it was cool yay pathfinders we are the path. it was wonderful i was so glad connie was there cuz i thought i was going to die i never been that sick in my life I go to the doctor. I see why I felt that way, let's just say. And I have to make some very difficult decisions. And I'm the man of God. I'm the one that prays for people and stuff happens. I'm the one that travels all over the place. And I had to say to him, God, now I understand that you got the whole world in your hands. I understand that there's a couple billion people out there. But if you don't mind, can you just give me just a, a, I don't even need a whole lot. Just give me a second of your time, a millisecond, whatever that is, of your time, because it's so fast, we didn't even know it happened. Just give me a little bit of your time. And God, worst case scenario? David, if you want to live, this is what you need to do. If you do not do this, if you do not have this major operation that you cannot afford, even with your insurance. And there's a chance, though you do have life insurance, don't you? And I found myself on the ship with the waves beating on me, with my son looking at me for answers, wondering what's wrong with my dad, with my wife having to show a strength that I saw once before, 10 years earlier when they diagnosed me with cancer and I was dying then. And I saw her in the midst of her, I don't know if I'm gonna be employed. And now my husband. And on that ship, with the rains falling, the winds blowing, the waves crashing, I looked and the lightning flashed. And Jesus was there, asleep on a pillow in the midst of my storm. And I saw me, my wife Connie, she'll be here Sabbath. My son David Jr. at Monterey Bay Academy. Pause, comma, ellipsis, whatever. I'm a pause. Some of you may have heard me say that my son was struggling spiritually. And a few years ago, last, no, year before last, he said to me, Dad, that Christian stuff, that ain't me said i don't want to go to church no more that's kind of bad you know i'm the youth director <laughs> that kind of takes away from uh so pastor oh where's your son <laughs> he's out in the hallway doing this I was, like, oh. <laughs> I was like lord i'm embarrassed my son said i don't want to go to no adventist school because there's a bunch of adventists there and i don't want to be an adventist anymore. He threw it all away. And so we dialogued and we convinced him he was going anyway. But we convinced him that he was going to Monterey Bay Academy and he said I want to go. Praise God. And while there he began enjoying Bible class. Participating in activities. I called him, I said, so what did dude preach about? He's like, dad, he not as good as you. But I listened to the sermon. I'm like, well, praise the Lord, Well, what was it about? He began breaking down dude's sermons. I'm like, what is this? And then he went and got a job for the following year on his own. (laughs) Working two, three hours a day. I was so pleased as was my wallet and he said I want to go all four years now step back into your original story and Jesus is there sleeping and my son who finally is beginning to have a trickle of wanting to do things for Jesus is saying that being washed away in the storm, wondering will I go back, my wife, uncertain future. And we all asked the question, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you been there? You ever like Jacob wrestle with God over stuff? And it seemed like you ain't getting nowhere. The disciples shook Jesus. And Jesus. Jesus stood up. Great things happen when Jesus stands up. Walls fall down when Jesus stands up. People are able to survive fiery furnaces when Jesus stands up. Goliath's fall when Jesus stands up. Red seas part when Jesus stands up. Sarah at age 90 is able to give birth to a baby when Jesus stands up. And the Bible says that Jesus stood up. And then, come on David, he looked at the winds. (laughs) He looked at the waves. He looked at those things that were troubling his children. Those of you got children, you understand this thing. It used to be, when I saw other kids picking on my son, I had to make it my business. If they were bigger than him, I made it my business, even if they were littler than him, because he wasn't as big as me. I made it my business. And when people in school, I don't care, teacher, whoever, when anybody messed with my son, you see, I love my son. And don't nobody mess with my son because that's my son. He ain't got your name. He got my name. So you mess with him. (laughs) You mess with me. And so I make it my business business to step in when somebody messes with my boy, Jesus. (laughs) We have the name Christian, which means we have the name uh, signifying that we belong to Jesus Christ, and he does not just sit there and watch people mess with his children. I like to think that he gets a little bit upset about it and he looks at the the rain and he looks at the wind and he looks at the waves let me tell him hold up you know who I got in that boat that's my daughter and I know the plans that I have for her you can't mess with her just yet hold up, hold up, you know who I got in that boat I got my son And and I told him in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you won't have to lift a finger. They're counting on me. Now look here, winds and waves. I got three words for you. Peace, be still, and instantaneously, it was like the raindrop got scared, ah! and just poof, fizzled into nothingness. Yeah. It was like those clouds that were hitting each other. It's like, oh, Jesus spoke. Sunny day, keeping the clouds away. It was like Sesame Street up in that piece. Everything just vanished, waved just about to hit. I could almost see him like, ah. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Because when Jesus stands up, things happen. Last point. In that entire story, you notice one thing. Ain't nobody get off the boat. Nobody, Principal Holiday, said peace. We walking the plank up in here. Nobody say that. They all stayed on the ship because Jesus was on the ship. They didn't let a little wind and wave. They were scared, yes. They were torn upside down and asunder, yes. But they stayed on the ship because Jesus was on the ship. Sometimes stuff goes on and we get a little tired of Jesus. And we start jumping ships. We start jumping in the water even though there ain't no safety in that water we can't handle it anymore but if you stay on the ship if you let Jesus into your life this week last week Friday they told my wife they said you can we'll bring you back to teach but there must be, I don't even remember what the date was. It was September, September, September 23, it was September 23, that's the date that I want, September 23. That was a Friday, two Fridays ago. September 23, if there are not 57 students at that school in that particular grade that you're teaching by September 23rd, We'll let you come back, but if there ain't that many by September 23rd, there wasn't that many by September 23rd. September 26th, a week ago Monday, she was told there were just 52. So there was no need for the third teacher for that grade. But you could stay through the end of this week, but Friday last week. My wife who would ask, come on, David, my wife said to me, why is God doing this to us? we prayed and prayed and prayed. I didn't have an answer. She said, David, you have answers for everybody else. You're Pastor Hall. Well, give me one of those Pastor Hall words of wisdom. And I just looked at her with the dumb look. I have no idea said bless be the name of the lord let's just praise him anyhow friday last week <laughs> 4 days ago principal said can you come into my office she goes in his office he said can you read I I, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell it, but hey, (laughs) oh, she ain't here. Looked at the computer, his computer, to read the email. He got an email from the superintendent, Washoe County. In the email, it said, if you want her to stay, that are going to be allocated and she'll be able to stay so whereas she was just there for a couple of months she's now setting up her own room last point and I'm done I promise I'm going to sit down after this I promise you I had a phone call today about this major thing. I told you about that. And they said, now it ain't all official, so I probably shouldn't say nothing. But when you were singing about thank you or leave you, my mind went to last week Friday, and my mind went to my phone call. They called me. The initial diagnosis suggested something really radical needed to happen, i.e. something needed to be removed from my body in the hopes that someone else ran into some difficulty and they would put a new one in my body. giving new meaning to the term, creating me a clean heart. And the doctor said to me today, you still have to have a major, yeah, I'm saying it. I was keeping it private. You still got to have this major surgery done. But we don't have to do that. See, I had been praying. I said, Lord, I understand how sick I am. I understand I'm weak. I understand I can't do stuff no more. I can't walk up a flight of stairs. I understand, they said, you can't even preach anymore without having pains, and, and, and you can only go for 15 minutes at a time. Well, I've gone 45 so far. So I think, it, I, think I, I borrowed some of tomorrow's 15 and some of the other day's 15. <laughs> and I'm going into the next days. But I said Lord if there's a remote chance I'm gonna tell it. They said there's this one procedure that we could do that would save your life but we don't believe that it can be done for you but we gotta take it to somebody else and see. And I had to wait two months and every day for those two months, with my wife wondering about her job, with me wondering about my future, with winds and waves hitting on me, without with me no longer having the ability to preach, I waited and waited and waited and waited, and then I talked with her. And the, oh, oh, you ever had something you loved taken from you? I love to preach. I love talking about Jesus. They said, I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. They said to me today, the doctor is recommending that you have that particular operation and rather than having a year to recover from it, You can be out of the hospital. It's a major operation. You can be out of the hospital in seven days. Rather than 12-month recovery, which I didn't know what that meant for what I do for this conference. They said six-week recovery. And they said, like the bionic man, those of you that remember $6 million man, Steve Austin, I'll be better than ever. We think we can rebuild him. And I think they're doing it. Why did I say that? I know I promised you 830. Can I get 831 just to finish this part? We stayed on the ship. When you stay on the ship, you don't always know how things are going to turn out. You don't always know what's gonna happen. Sometimes those waves can beat you upside your head and you don't know which way is up. But if you stay on the ship. Last point. Good friend of mine was healed from, you can play please, from his cancer. The church prayed over him and all that. And he came back praising the Lord. He shared the testimony. They can't find nothing. And we all cried and hugged him and did all that stuff, you know, when people are healed. Then several months later, I got word that not only was it back, But it was more aggressive than it had ever been. And there was nothing they could do. And I remember I went to VBS at that particular church one night. And I saw him because he had never missed a VBS. He was always there, they tell me, every day of it. He could only make it one. But he went there and they had to help him in and I'm thinking why are you here? but he wanted to go one more time A couple days later Connie and I go visit him at the hospital and he's just we're just sitting there waiting which is the most helpless feeling in the world and my wife began to sing to him and she sang this she said his name she said oh brother do you love jesus and that's just what he said even though he was unconscious in that state he opened his mouth and he said, "'Oh, yes, I love Jesus.'" And, I, and and people were looking, and then she looked at him, and she said, "'Are you sure you love Jesus?' And he said, "'I'm sure I love Jesus.'" She said, "'Why do you love Jesus?' He said, "'Lying there, dying, here's why I love Jesus.'" Because he first loved me. That was the last thing I heard him say. The winds and the waves seemingly got the best of him. But he refused to jump off that ship because he knows where that ship is headed. He knows that the old ship of Zion is heading somewhere and because it's heading somewhere, he knew that's where he wanted to be. Some of you are going through some things in your life right now. Some of you are going through some things that make no sense whatsoever. But God sent me here to tell you. God gave me the strength to tell you, stay on that ship. It won't be easy, but stay on that ship. You might not have all the answers. I don't need all the answers. All I need is Jesus. And as long as I align myself with him, I don't care what comes my way. Whether I live, whether I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare let the problems of this world cause you to jump off that ship. Let Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. Let Jesus in. Because when you let him in, stuff starts happening in your life and if it don't happen on this side then they tell me I read somewhere the rest of the story and in that story it says that the dead in Christ who seemingly died without a promise who seemingly the winds and the waves destroyed the dead in Christ are going to rise. Now, I don't know whether I'm going to be one of them or whether whether I'm one of the we who are alive and well. I don't care. I just want to be caught up in the air to meet him because when I let him, mm, 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 I got to apologize to Connie. I told her I wasn't going to preach hard. (sighs) When you let him in, he's going to let you in. He's going to let you in. He's going to open the gate and say come ye blessed of my father. You've been faithful over a few things. Come let me show you your reward. You see I went to prepare a place for you. And now I've come again. You can receive this thing. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. It's 8:33. I'm 3 minutes over, but I'm going to stop at 8:35. We're going to pray. But if you feel in agreement with what I say in my prayer then I want you to signify to Lucifer himself the one who sent the winds and the waves that they will not destroy you when I get to that part just raise your hand father in the name that is above every other name we give you praise. You are the Alpha. Oh, Jesus. You're the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. Before anything was created, you had the ability to say I am because you are the past, the present, and the future. You alone are God. And Lord, what an incredible privilege is ours to talk to you. Now, Lord, we're on this ship called life. And we're in the middle of nowhere. We thought everything was smooth sailing. After all, you're the one who said, let us go over to the other side. We should have listened to you because if you said, let us go to the other side, that meant you were going to make sure we got there. But somewhere in the midst of going to that other side, Lord, these storms came. And we, we, we lose faith in your ability to get us over. We can sing the hymns. We can sing the songs. We can clap our hands. We can get happy. But when we're going through it, Jesus, and we look and see you seemingly asleep, it troubles us, help us to realize that you can sleep in the middle of the storm, Jesus. Because you already know how the thing's gonna end. You already know how you plan to work it out so you can rest in your Father's care. We're raising our hands now to say we're not gonna ask the question per se, Master, carest thou not? But by the raising of our hands, we're saying to Lucifer, devil, Satan himself, that we are going to stay on this ship. Come hell or high water, we're staying on the ship. Because we know where we will end up when we let Jesus in. Father, take note of the hands. Angels, write down the names. Of those who have raised their hands. And then Lord, can you do one more thing before I say amen? Can you do just one more thing for me, Jesus? Those individuals that raised their hands, they're going to need an extra dose of your Holy Ghost for the rest of their life. Because now the devil, as we said last night, knows their name. He knows that they will no longer put up with his foolishness. So they're going to need you to help them get it through. So Lord, can you just be there with them? Be on the ship with them. And then Lord, because they, because I have let you in, please let us in too, so that we won't have any more storms. Nothing else like this. We cast all our cares upon you, for we ask these things tonight, in Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, amen. God bless you tonight.